Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It is the NASCO Roofing Preview Show. Craig Riley here with you, getting you ready for tonight's first pitch between your 12 and 12 Pirates at the 17 and 11 Dodgers. The Pirates having lost six in a row. What's on tap is brought to you by Coors Light and Mike and Tony's in Moon and Bridgeville. We'll get you tonight's lineup, talk about that pitching matchup, and then take a look around the league as all of that leads up to that first pitch of the Pirates trying to end this losing streak. Looks like it's going to be a little tougher to do that, as so often has been the case, talking about the Pirates to start the year. We have to start again with injuries. Chris Archer gets roughed up last night. It was a, it was a bad start for Archer. Turns out, may have been a reason for it. He is now on the 10-day IL with right thumb inflammation. We're getting more information as the Pirates Director of Sports Medicine, Todd Tomzak, is talking about it. it. They're saying that it has bothered Archer for the last couple of outings. That makes sense when you look at what Chris Archer has done his last couple of games out. They've been underwhelming. So you look at last night, obviously not a good start for him. Just four innings, six hits, six runs, all earned, only three strikeouts, and he walked three on 88 pitches. The start before that, he went five innings. This was against the Giants. Five innings, six hits, three runs, all earned, walked two, and only two strikeouts again through 83 pitches. He got lifted from that game for offensive reasons. But now that you look back at the, that game and yesterday's game, it start to, starts to make sense, add up that something was going on if they're saying it has bothered him those last couple of starts. Because you go back and see Archer to start the season. He went five innings against the Cardinals. No earned runs, three walks, eight strikeouts. The eight strikeouts is the number that jumps out at you. It was an inefficient start for him through 99 pitches to get through five, but still struck out eight. His second start against Cincinnati went six innings, three earned runs, not bad. Through 100 pitches, struck out seven. So gets up to 106 innings, but he strikes out seven. You like that number again. Then Washington was the game I really liked him in and thought like, okay, this is the Chris Archer we traded for. This is who we were hoping to see against that Nationals lineup, which was tough. He went seven innings, four hits, one run earned, only walked two, struck out nine, and threw 94 pitches to get through seven. That's where I thought things were starting to get good. But now as we're finding out there's something going on with the thumb, we heard Chris Archer talk last night about his start. And he didn't make any excuses for it. Didn't make any excuses for the start. You're going to hear him talk about his slider a lot. I want to hear that audio now. Is he, he went into depth about what didn't work. And now I want to... I talked about him post-game last night after hearing the audio. I want to play that for you now. It was real late last night. We were playing it for you with them being on the West Coast. So you may have missed it. Let's listen to that now and with context of the injury and what he was dealing with, react to it again. Uh, there's no doubt they're, they're a good club. Um, they've been the back-to-back World Series. And, um, but it, what happened tonight really had nothing to do with them. I didn't execute. Um, my slider was bad. I kept trying to throw it. Um, I kept trying to force it. And, uh, you know, that's really 
what happened tonight. How much was it just the inability to put away guys who have two strikes? Yeah, I mean, if I have my slider working like it normally is working, then I'm able to do that. Tonight I didn't. Um, you know, I uh, left the changeup up to Bellinger, which, you know, it happens. I mean, anything that dude sees right now, he's smashing. So, um, But other than that, most of the damage was on sliders that I left over the plate or fastballs that I didn't locate well enough. And we know the success you've had with big striking guys. So when you say you didn't have it, it's just like with a starter just on given nights, hey, sometimes it feels good, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and I have the you know, utmost trust in that pitch. And doesn't matter if I give up six homers in a game on that one pitch, I'm still going to go to it because, you know, the track record of the pitch. But uh, tonight was just one of those nights where it wasn't good and uh, I should have made an adjustment and I just, I was too stubborn. That's something where you can take care of it in the bullpen? Yeah, I mean, it's really not anything to be overly concerned about. Just, uh, you know. Make sure it's sharp and crisp going into my next start. Do you say you were? You said you were stubborn. Is that just okay? Hey, I, I know how much success I've had with this pitch. I, I'm, at some point in time tonight, I'm going to feel. Is that what you're referring? To? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that feel just never came. Did you add Barnes? One-two pitch. Um, I, I thought so, but I saw the pitch was off. Um, you know, serve made it look a lot better to me than than what it was. It was, it was off. Um, but you know. I've been in the game long enough, dude, like, I turned the page, it just didn't work out in our favor at all. Um, I don't beat myself up too much over it, it definitely is frustrating, um, but again, I go pitch to pitch, uh, moment to moment, batter to batter, it's not something that lingers. Um, tonight wasn't my night, and that, that was clear. I talked last night and got a little heated about it, that tonight, like he had said, last night now was not his night. And I went into that start saying, Chris Archer, if they're going to give up what they gave up to go and get him, needed to be the type of guy that when you're in the middle of a losing streak, puts his foot down and stops it, and he was not. And, and in a really bad way, he wasn't that. Because going short in that game like he did also taxes the bullpen. We know how the Pirates like to handle this bullpen. They're very cautious with their arms. So when you go into the first game of a series against a lineup as dangerous as the Dodgers, to have to go to that bullpen that early sets you up to not be able to play matchups later on in the series. Because we know Clint Hurdle likes guys throwing the full inning. But against a team like the Dodgers, I feel like you can get in there maybe say, okay, I'm going to bring this guy in for an out here and somebody else to finish the inning. Well, now you're sort of costing yourself that opportunity. And to talk more about what Archer said, he was mentioning that he just didn't have his slider, that he kept going back to it, and it just wasn't there for him. And if it was, he would have gotten a lot of those outs. I want to hear from Clint Hurdle now as he talked about that ineffectiveness and, again, react to it in a different way knowing the Archer injury and maybe the expectations for him moving forward. So let's hear what Clint Hurdle had to say about Archer's start last night. For me, it was pretty cut and dry that. In fact, he got ahead five or six hitters in one sequence of time. He wasn't able to put anybody away. Barnes had two strikes on him both times. So um, that was the biggest culprit. First pitch strikes were 50%. There's three walks, there's three strikeouts. I think the overall consistency um, just wasn't what you wanted it to be. The fastball was top end today, a lot of velocity. Threw some good sliders, but then hung one to Barnes. Threw some good change-up, but then... Bellinger hit that one. The two walks complicated things in the fourth as well. So a little bit of a mixed bag. 
of the nine men that reached base against them, he was ahead. He had two strikes on six of them. Yeah. Execution. There you go. Well, inability to put them away, basically. Is that is that solely execution, or is there more to it to put guys away? Well, I I'm of the opinion that if he gets the ball where he wants to get it, he'll get outs. Um, so they may have fouled off a good pitch here or there, but uh, I think overall it was just their inability to put people away with two strikes. I think you might have had Barnes before the homer. The one-two pitch. I don't get a chance to go back and look at balls. We talked about it, so I don't know. He didn't get the call, so you move on from there. Um, with Cervelli in the second inning, did you get a chance to talk to him about what happened there with the with the pass ball when he was on third? Oh, it just lost lost uh, control of the ball. Just lack ball security. Unfortunately, it happens. It happened. It was all part of a just a rough inning. We didn't handle the ball in right field. We got a pass ball in the same inning and two walks really complicated things. Today's injury report is brought to you by WMC Western PA Physicians in Robinson and Imperial. And we're talking about Archer. And you hear Clint there talk about execution, Archer not being able to get the ball where he wanted to get the outs. And and I and I got upset about that last night in the postgame show, talking about he has to be better than that in this situation. The team needed him. Well, now it's looking like more and more like he maybe gutted it out trying to be there for the team. Wasn't sure when they put him on the IL at first if it's one of those situations where they don't need a fifth starter for a while, so they, they get something like the thumb inflammation a little bit. Like, okay, we'll work with him for a couple times now. Sit him down, take a breather, work with the guy, get to know him since he's still relatively new to this franchise after the trade and this coaching staff. But it, the, the thumb does seem to be troubling him. So it's something that you want to see them address, but it just comes back to that whole idea of the injuries that have just been absolutely crippling to this team this year in so many ways, and now it's impacting the starting pitching staff. We, we look at what it's done to the lineup. Now we have the news. Corey Dickerson already on the 10-day IL with a shoulder injury. They said he was able to swing the whole time, but it was going to be throwing. Well, he felt tightness throwing from 110 feet. He's going to be meeting up with the team in Texas after this Dodger series to get reevaluated. Lonnie Chisenhall, he was supposed to be here as the Gregory Polanco sort of insurance Polanco, they knew, wasn't going to start the year. Well, they signed Lonnie Chisenhall. He was DHing at AAA last night. Had two at-bats and got removed. They talked about it during the broadcast. And they said, like, boy, that's interesting. You wouldn't often think, like, you take a guy out when he's DHing in a rehab. Well, there's a reason why. He's rehabbing that broken hand, but he's now dealing with tightness in his left calf. He's on his way back to Pittsburgh for them to run tests and evaluate what's going on with him. And that brings up for me a, a bit of a problem for this team. Lonnie Chisenhall, they signed him to the one-year deal here. It's about $2.75 million, I think, was the number. It's in the $2 million range. They brought in Lonnie Chisenhall as injury insurance for Gregory Polanco, essentially. The problem there is Lonnie Chisenhall has his own history of injuries. You go back and look at his career, the last two years especially, 2018, guy hit 321. That's great. Take 321 all the time. He only played in 29 games because of injuries. Go back to 2017, hit 288. I'll take 288. That looks good. Only 82 games. So they brought in a guy for the injured Gregory Polanco with his own history of injuries. That guy gets injured before the first game, breaking his hand, is rehabbing the hand to get back, and now his tightness in his leg. Thank God for Melky Cabrera. They, they have to be thinking just how lucky they were to sign him to a minor league deal like they did and get him in here before the Lonnie Chisholm Hall injury started. 
at that point, just thought Melky would be like a backup to all the guys in the outfield. Like, oh, a nice veteran bat off the bench. Meanwhile, Melky's almost an everyday guy right now. They're trying to be careful with him because he's an older guy, not playing him every single day. But for the most part, he is a regular in your outfield right now. And you have to be thankful that you have him. But boy, to get to the point where you thought Gregory Polanco will be back, we'll bide our time with Lonnie Chisenhall. Then Chisenhall goes down. Now you get Melky. Then Marte goes down. Then Brian Reynolds is filling in for Marte, and he hurts his leg running to first the other day, and he had to sit for a couple of days, and it's an injury that dated back to spring with him. Luckily, he's back. But over and over again, the injuries just keep mounting. I don't know how the team overcomes them. They were 12-6 and dealing with just injuries to the bats, and then those mounted. Now they're at 12-12 and after losing six in a row, and now we're seeing an injury to Archer, so he's going to miss some time. It just keeps adding up, and it feels like that snowball effect. Like, man, when is it going to end? I was doing a show a little bit earlier today and talked about before these injuries, like, you know what? This is still a team I'm excited about. It's still a team that can go places. It's still a team that can do things. Marte is working his way back from the 10-day IL. I believe he's eligible to come off on Monday. They're currently working through the process to see if they'll even send him on a rehab assignment. They're not sure if he'll need it. And I said, that's a great sign because I feel like Corey Dickerson will be back soon. And then you're going to have questions about what to do with your outfield. And Melky gets to play in that role. You wanted him all along. The backup on the corners, a great bench bat. Well, Marte could be back soon, but who knows what's going on with Corey Dickerson now. If this shoulder is still causing him some tightness as he's throwing, you already have Polanco. And this is another thing that's bothering me with Gregory Polanco right now. They knew his arm wasn't going to be where it needed to be to make the throws from right field. So in the spring, they started working with the cutoff men going closer to him to extend their throws. Okay, you'll cover that up to get his bat back. But you know what can't happen that's always been a Gregory Polanco issue? The plays in the field, like we saw last night, fielding a a rolling ball out to right field that he bobbles and gives up the free bases, which is what Clint Hurdle has talked about over and over again this year. You can't give up the free bases. Well, that's what he did. He did it against the Diamondbacks. Zach Granke hits a double down the line, and he goes to test Polanco's arm, and Polanco bobbles the ball. Then Dyson, they go back to the top of the order right after Granke. Dyson hits a triple down the line. Teams are going to test his arm, which means he's going to try to make those plays a little bit quicker, and he's already struggling with those plays. So this is what I mean. It's like that snowball effect. Little by little, things are starting to add up, and that's how you go from 12-6 and to 12-12 and like we see the Pirates tonight. But one positive, and it's tough to say it's a positive out of any of this, it's a guy that I had mentioned to Jack Sorensic the other day, the Pirates recalling Michael Feliz. That's our Stock Up, Stock Down report brought to you by Fergasso Financial Advisors. We guide for life. Saying stock up for Michael Feliz. This is a guy they thought very highly of when he was part of the Garrett Cole trade, thinking he could be one of those back end of the bullpen type arms, and it didn't work out that way with him here last year. A 566 ERA in 47 games starts the year in AAA. Well, the results have been promising. Seven appearances, nine innings, an ERA of one. If he has figured something out and becomes the pitcher they think he can be, that's a huge boost once they get Archer back that he could be here. So I'm at least excited that Michael Felice is here and is somebody that they can maybe try to rely on moving forward. And we talk about the On the Farm Report brought to you by your Western PA Kubota dealers. Felice with AAA Indianapolis, they've just dropped four in a row. We talk about the Pirates losing streak, but hey, they've lost four in a row. Pirates are taking a lot of their guys. That's the problem. A lot of the key guys they were banking on, Cole Tucker, Brian Reynolds, Jason Martin, 
they're all here. And then you give them Lonnie Chisenhall rehabbing, and he can only go two at bat. So you don't blame them. You never really worry about their record, but you're just grateful that their guys have been able to come up here and contribute. But up next, I still want to get you today's starting lineup. Talk about that. And I want to hear from Clint Hurdle as well and his thoughts as he deals with probably looks like a mash unit at this point when he looks into his clubhouse. That's all coming up on the NASCO Roofing Preview Show. 93.7 The Fan will be saluting youth baseball and softball players throughout the year. Keep listening for details on the Community Bank Player of the Game. The NASCO Roofing Preview Show rolls on the 12-12 and 12 Pirates at the 17-11 and 11 Dodgers. Pirates have lost six in a row, and this is a red-hot Dodgers lineup. I talked to J.P. Hornstray yesterday, one of the Dodgers beat writers, about this team coming in, and he painted that same picture. Like, yeah, like they lost three in a row to the Cubs coming into that game yesterday, but this is a lineup that's red hot, and that showed itself yesterday. It's a problem for the Pirates. But I want to hear before we talk more about this series from manager Clint Hurdle as he talked before today's game. Let's hear from the manager now. Two starts ago, had some initial uh, discomfort and uh, ran into some more last evening. Clint, I know Todd's going to talk later just about the medical aspect of it, but um, what goes into like the DL placement off days? Like, How much does that stuff kind of factor in? Every situation is individualized, and you're trying to take care of the player uh, first and foremost. Um, and our best interest is to get Chris back to a confident, strong, uh, place on the mound. So there's a number of factors that play it. If I'm doing the math right on the days, you, if you choose not to, you won't need a fifth starter until the DL stint expires. Is that right? I believe that's. We're going to juggle some things. So we've had some number of conversations on which uh, what will be best for us. The numbers for Michael down at AAA looked good. Do the reports you were getting match those? Yes, I think there was development. I think there was some growth. Velocity spiked. Slider got better, tighter, more tilt. Last outing, he had some walks. It was a 30-pitch one-inning outing, but there's also some walks where uh, he was very dominating. So all in all, uh, it was an arm with some experience that we could bring up and help uh, provide us with some support through the weekend, and we'll decide what we need to do next as we move into Texas and, and Oakland from here. That was part of the thing last year, right? The slider came and went, didn't really have the consistency. It was, uh, it was a working project throughout the season, and he established his fastball at the top of the zone with added velocity uh, early this season in AAA, and then the slider came with it, which makes for a pretty good combination. Well, do you see things starting to pick up for Francisco at the plate here in the last few days? Seems like he's hit the ball harder. He's hit a few balls hard. He got a couple hits last night, so... You know, we'll continue to track it. But I also will point to just the pitches that he sees in his plate appearance. If you'll look at his pitches per plate appearance over the last few years and then what they were until three or four days ago, there's a significant difference. And then he picked up a walk. There's some three-ball counts where he's actually, as I said before, he's getting a good read on the pitches. He's just not swinging at pitches. He's trying to get a good read. He's commanding the zone. Uh, better, and I think that's one of the keys to for him to be successful. As you look at the run scoring environment that you guys have, trying to generate some more runs, do you see more of an issue of squaring the ball up, hitting the ball hard more frequently, or more situational hitting, getting guys in for third, things like that? Oh, 
there's somewhat of a combination, but we break down a lot of different things and numbers that I haven't heard anybody talk about in here. Um, we'll talk about strike seen, uh, strike swung at, fastball seen, uh, fastballs chased, curveball seen, curveball swung at in the zone, curveballs chased. There's a combination of things that you can uh, put together uh, to get better information. So I think we need to be aggressive in the zone. And we have continued to be challenged in bases loaded situations and runners at third base with less than two outs. Situation last night was an example. We got a 2 0 count, we got a change up, we rolled it whole side of the field, and we kind of uh, eliminated an opportunity to have a bigger inning. Next, that next inning, we have a runner in third, less than two outs, we have an opportunity to take a run. We don't. Um, those things have added together. They've just been challenging so far, part of it. As you talk about strike seen versus strike swung at, strike seen, the more you have, I would think would be bad, and the more strike swung at would be a good thing? Um, it all depends on the location of the pitches. So, again. So, not every strike is a. No. Is a I mean, that, that's why you got to peel back the layers and, and you find out. For, there comes a point, though, when a guy's getting strikes, that you need to make an adjustment and go out and hit, hit a ball like Grinky. He saw, we, he showed us the ability that he was going to strike the outer part of the plate, left handers. After your first time through the lineup and three, four, five guys have happened to it, we need to go hit that ball. Um, those are the in-game adjustments that you can make that I think we can do in a, maybe a little more efficient fashion. Uh, we were prepared for Rue last night. He did not do anything that we weren't thinking he was going to do. Uh, and we still chased in some situations to help him out. He had good stuff. He had good command. However, we had opportunities to, to, do, some, to do some damage and to push back a little bit, and we, we weren't able to. You heard manager Clinton Hurdle there talking about trying to generate more runs. There are some notes about the Pirates in Los Angeles that are positive going into this series. We saw Josh Bell hit the home run last night. Josh Bell last night homered for the sixth time this season and the third time in the last six games. The last Pirate to hit more than six home runs in March and April was Nate McLeod in 2008. Last year, Bell hit his sixth home run on July 24th, so he's hot. You know what you're going to get from him. But you look at other guys... At or in Los Angeles, Adam Frazier, 12 for 29, a 414 average in his career against the Dodgers. Francisco Cervelli has hit safely in nine of his last 10 games against LA. He's hitting 389. Gung has homered four times in his last seven games against the Dodgers. The Pirates have homered in six straight and in 10 of their last 11 games at Dodger Stadium. So they can rack up runs in a hurry. The problem we saw last night, Bell's home run was solo. And that's the issue for this team. They need to get more runners on base. And that's what I want to take a look at. Today's starting lineup brought to you by the Rogers Insurance Group. The power of relationships is how we do business. We'll take a look at the Dodgers first. Jock Peterson leading off in left field. Corey Seager at short. Justin Turner at third. Cody Bellinger hitting cleanup in right field. Max Muncy back at first base hitting fifth. Alex Verdugo in center field hitting sixth. Chris Taylor at second, hitting seventh. Austin Barnes, you saw the big night he had against the Pirates, hitting eighth. And then Kershaw, we'll talk more about him later, the left-handed pitcher hitting ninth. But for the Pirates, it's Frazier, Cabrera, Gung, somewhat what we've gotten used to seeing at times. I mean, I know different variations in the three-hole Gung at third base. Melky in right field tonight, as no Gregory Polanco. Josh Bell, clean up. He's hitting fourth at first base. First base, Francisco Cervelli catching, hitting fifth. Brian Reynolds back in center field. I'm a really big Brian Reynolds fan so far. I'm glad to see the injury to him wasn't too serious. He has put the bat on the ball pretty seriously in a few of these games, and Bob Walk talked about it 
last night that it seems like he's driving the ball down the right field line really well and turning those into extra base hits. Pablo Reyes in left field hitting seventh. Cole Tucker, your eight hitter at short. And Joe Musgrove, your right-handed pitcher, hitting ninth. But I'll give you more about that pitching matchup still coming up here. But for the Pirates to come through tonight, it's it's going to be tough against a Clayton Kershaw. They have those good numbers in L.A. You hope that they can, t- can continue them because Kershaw is not right now the same Kershaw you're used to seeing. Just two starts to the year. He's dealing with injuries, but he's looked solid still, so don't let that fool you. But it's a night where the Pirates' bats, it'd be really great to see them get going and maybe get something to carry a pitcher instead of the pitchers carrying them. Something else you heard Clint Hurdle talk about, Francisco Cervelli been squaring the ball up. So you feel good about him in this lineup as well. Maybe they can get something going against Kershaw, but at least you have Musgrove going against him. But right now, I want to take a look around the league. Brought to you by Fox Chapel Advanced Dental Care. Cardinals and Reds, there's a final there. The Cardinals, 6-3 winners. We have some games in action right now. The Phillies up big on the Marlins. They're up 10-1 in the top of the sixth inning. The Brewers up 1-0 on the Mets in the top of the third there. So some National League teams already in play today, and that's what we start to take a look at. Wasn't that long ago we were saying your first place Pirates, 12-6. Now they're down to 12-12 and and looking up in the division all of a sudden, and the Reds even catching them. The Reds have stunk to start the year. They've won six of their last four. They're at 11-15, and 15, right behind the Pirates at 12-12. and 12. Go to the top of the division. The Cardinals are 16-10. and 10. They've won seven of their last three. The Brewers, 14-13. and 13. They've lost three of their last ten. They're three and seven in their last ten games, and they're still at 14-13. and 13. And then the Cubs now at 12-12 and 12 to match the Pirates. Talked about how they just wrapped up a sweep of this Dodgers team. They're 7-3 and three in their last ten as well. So the NL Central... Is tough. We knew that coming in. The Pirates in a bit of a cold streak. You hope that they can work their way out of it. We wanted to see it from Archer last night. We now know him heading to the 10-day IL with right thumb inflammation. His start probably due in part to that. The reinforcements we always talk about being on the way. Keep telling you about this. Corey Dickerson on the 10-day IL with a shoulder injury. Felt tightness throwing from 110 feet. More news of the day there. He's going to meet up with the team in Texas after this Dodgers series to get reevaluated. If you thought Lonnie Chisenhall rehabbing from that broken hand might be close, you liked what he could do, excited to see him pump the brakes. He was pulled from the AAA game last night, DHing, running the bases, felt tightness in his left calf. He's now on his way back to Pittsburgh to get reevaluated. So we we talk about reinforcements being on the way, but they aren't. That's not always the case. We were excited when Polanco was coming back. Then you see Marte go down. So it's, it almost feels like one step forward, two steps back at times on that front, and now it's affecting the starting pitching staff. Luckily, as we mentioned, they won't need a fifth starter if Archer just misses the 10 days, so they're going with the extra bullpen arm. But we're going to talk more about that rotation next and how it still needs to be what this team relies upon. So up next, we'll take a look at today's pitching matchup featuring Joe Musgrove looking to become this staff stopper, put an end to this six-game losing streak, He'll have his hands full. We'll hear more about Clayton Kershaw and what to expect from him. That's all coming up next on the NASCO Roofing Preview Show. The NASCO Roofing Preview Show carries on the 12-12 and 12 Pirates at the 17-11 and 11 Dodgers. The Pirates having lost six in a row, looking to put an end to that tonight. We were really hoping Chris Archer was going to do that last night. You hated the results you saw from him. Well, you find out today there's probably a reason 
that he only went the four innings and got hit pretty hard. That's because he's now on the 10-day IL with right thumb inflammation. Reliever Michael Feliz gets the call up. In the meantime, they're going to go with the extra arm in the bullpen. The Pirates don't need a fifth starter if Archer only misses the 10 days. So we want to keep you up to date on that. More injury news, which is why we're giving our tip of the hat, brought to you by Dad's Hat PA Rye Whiskey, farm to bottle rye the right way, to the hardest working man in baseball, the Pirates Director of Sports Medicine, Todd Tomzak. I don't know if anybody is earning their money more than he is in any walk of life right now than Todd Tomzak. Forget baseball. Forget sports medicine directors. Forget injuries, guys playing on the field. Nobody is getting worked harder than Todd Tomzik right now. And I'm sure he's not happy about that because when you get this many Todd Tomzik updates, it's because things aren't going great for guys. So we hear from him that the last couple of starts, that thumb was bothering Archer. We also find out today, Corey Dickerson on the 10-day IL with the shoulder injury, Belt tightness, he's going to meet up with the team here in Texas, get reevaluated. Lonnie Chisenhall rehabbing the broken hand, came out of last night's game, tightness in his left calf. So left and right injuries, which, I mean, we're used to as Pirate fans at this point, right? This is the this is our lot in life for this time of the year. Clint Hurdle has said in all his time he hasn't seen this many position player injuries this early in the season. Now it's moving into his rotation. That's a big problem for them because that's what's carried them. That's what we hope is going to continue to carry them into tonight's game. It hasn't been what it needed to be the last few times out for them. Jameson Tyone's start wasn't great. Jordan Lyles before him, not great. But you're turning to Musgrove tonight and Trevor Williams tomorrow to hopefully put an end to this. As we're looking at tonight's game specifically, the weather report brought to you by Weather Seal Home Services. Just $1 down can get you new windows. A typical L.A. night this time of year, 65 degrees no chance of rain. So things are going to be fine out there in that regard. Hoping that the ball is going to carry a little bit for this Pirates lineup. We gave you those notes. Josh Bell is hot. Francisco Cervelli, Adam Frazier like to hit against the Dodgers. So does Jung Ho Gung. The Pirates have hit a lot of home runs when they go out to L.A. That hasn't amounted to a lot of success. They haven't won there since 2016. So not just looking to end the losing streak of this season, but looking to end a bigger losing streak to Los Angeles. Meanwhile... They still have a losing streak at home that they just wrapped up with the Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks have won 10 straight here. You get swept by them in four games. You go out to L.A. where you had lost six straight. Now it's seven after last night, and you're looking to end a losing streak to them. All of that added on to the current six-game losing streak, and that's why I think we're talking about this team the way that we are, having gone from 12-6 and six to now 12-12. and 12. So that's been the problems for them, but... The key for them, as it is every night, is that pitching matchup. Tonight's pitching matchup is brought to you by Flynn's Auto Service, your hometown tire and auto service experts. Mentioned Clayton Kershaw hasn't been off to the normal start to the year that you would expect from him. Injuries, and we talk about it too, dating back to last year, you go through, I I got baseball prospectus, I always read for updates on guys, and they mentioned that last year he had some of those nagging injuries Lost a couple ticks on his fastball, narrowing the velocity gap between his fastball and those secondary pitches. That's part of what has led to the issue of Clayton Kershaw not being the Clayton Kershaw you remember of old. He struck out fewer than a batter per inning last year for the first time since 2013. That's a problem for Clayton Kershaw. So now we look at what's going on with him this year. He has a 277 ERA, 0-0, 13 strikeouts, was against Milwaukee on Sunday. 
He delivered a quality start for them. He had four walks, though, in the no decision. The Dodgers won that game, thanks in large part. Uh, Cody Bellinger, ninth inning home run. That's how they win games. Kershaw, 3-3 three and three in 12 career starts against the Pirates. So that's not like a great Clayton Kershaw number you would expect. And I'll give you details on the numbers from him as well. But I want to take a second real quick. I had J.P. Hornstra, a Dodgers beat writer, on with us yesterday to preview this series. I asked him, tell me about the starting pitching. Tell me about the lineup. Tell me about the bullpen. Then I asked him about some individual players as well. One of them I was really curious about was Clayton Kershaw. So I asked him, tell me what we what have we seen from Kershaw so far this year? You know, with Kershaw, it's been a small sample size this season. It's not just that he started the season on the injured list. He didn't pitch in spring training. I mean, we didn't see him at all outside of a bullpen setting. So we're kind of trying to figure out exactly who this Clayton Kershaw is. His pitch mix is different than it has been. He's less reliant on his fastball than he's ever been. But he's got some great secondary stuff. His curveball is one of those very aesthetically pleasing curveballs. His slider is his best pitch, and I'm sure you'll see him use it often. And he's been able to mix speeds effectively so that you don't necessarily notice that he's only throwing that fastball 90-91 most of the time. Uh, I expect him to have a good competitive start, but again, uh, you know, he hasn't had many that we've seen. So uh, I, who knows? We'll see. If they jump him early, it, it wouldn't be all that surprising uh, just because we, we really don't know this Clayton Kershaw all that well yet. This is interesting to me. He's right. They don't know a lot about Kershaw yet. Could the Pirates get to him early? That would feel great. The Pirates scored a run early last night. Unfortunately, he was on a Gregory Polanco ground into a double play. But at least they plated one in the first, and you felt good about it. Maybe they can get to Kershaw early. But as much as you look at Kershaw being a different pitcher than he used to be and not having the same stuff he used to, I talked earlier about the Archer injury, the inefficiency we've seen from him throughout his entire time with the Pirates already. Clayton Kershaw still, two starts. His first one was against Cincinnati. He goes seven innings, five hits, two runs, both earned, zero walks, strikes out six, and does that on 84 pitches. That is wildly impressive to me that this is not the same Clayton Kershaw, and he can still go seven and giving up two on just 84 pitches. In the game against Milwaukee that we talked about, he goes six innings, two runs, both earned, four walks in that game, very un-Clayton Kershaw, like still strikes out seven, 92 pitches. So Clayton Kershaw, a very good pitcher, just not the Clayton Kershaw you're used to. And then on the other side for the Pirates, Joe Musgrove, 1-1 one one with a 159 ERA, 26 strikeouts. This is where you need to stop. I keep saying it time after time. You wanted it from Tyone, you didn't get it. You wanted it from Archer, you didn't get it. Come on, Joe. Big Joe Musgrove, you be the stopper that this staff needs. He He has been wildly effective living up to the hype of what he could be in the best-case scenarios as a starter for this team. When he came here in the Garrett Cole trade as a reliever, Joe Musgrove talked at the morning show earlier this week about the team's struggles, trying to put an end to it, what this rotation has done, and being so reliant on the rotation for this team. Let's hear some of that conversation now because it really applies to his start tonight. Yeah, I mean, I think I think we're going to be fine. Um, you know, you go through these little stretches throughout the course of the season, and I think the most important thing is being able to realize what we're, you know, what we need to adjust and what we need to fix, and um, being able to right the ship before things get too out of hand. As a teammate, you always want to pick up your your teammates when they're struggling. Does that, as a starting pitcher, sometimes lead you to go out there 
and perhaps try to do a little too much on days when, when you can see that your offense, because of injuries or whatever the reason, has been struggling? Does it sometimes lead you to trying to do too much as a starter? You know, it could. Um, as a starter, you know, you have the opportunity to go out there and set the tone for the whole day. Um, and with the way that we've been throwing, um, I don't think any of us have to go out there with any more pressure added on of trying to, to carry the game on our own. Um, you know, we've been talking about it a lot as starters and, you know, sometimes you have tough luck, you go six, seven innings and, you know, you give up minimal runs and you're not able to, to, to win the game. But we feel like the more often we can go out there and put the, put up six, seven innings with three or less, um, you know, we're going to win a lot more of those games than we lose. So the more consistent we can be with, um, you know, our performance of, of, uh, um, excuse me, of six inning quality, quality starts, gosh, I'm going brain fart on that um it's early Joe. <laughs> put together quality starts uh the better opportunity we're gonna have to win and i think we're gonna win a lot more of those than we lose pirates pitcher joe musgrove joining us here on the fan morning show two-part question i'm gonna ask the first part first let you answer and then get to the second one uh you're scheduled to go saturday at dodger stadium six uh you know six o'clock game dodger stadium the sun will be going down over chavez ravine you're a southern california guy is there a little something more to pitching at that place joe yeah, it's special. There's a lot of history in that park. It's been around a long time. Uh, you know, I got some some special memories from our 2017 season playing there. Um, and, you know, I'll be going up against Clayton Kershaw, one of the best in the game. So um, a lot of things to be excited for. I really can't wait for it. That's the second part of the question that I want to get to. Guys say, listen, I'm facing the other team's lineup. I'm going to pitch one through nine. I'm going to pitch against those guys. I have to worry about what their lineup is. But when you look out at that other bullpen and the other guy who's warming up, is a guy like Kershaw, is a stud, is a guy that's done so much. Do you try to outduel? Do, do guys lie when they say I'm not pitching against the other guy is what I'm getting at? Right. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I try to – when I go out and pitch, I, it's a competition of me versus the other starter. You know, that's how I look at it. And if I can outlast that other starter, I think we're going to have a good chance to win the game. Um, and I understand it is Clayton Kershaw, and there's, you know, there's a big name behind, <laughs> behind that face. But, uh, you know, I've been throwing the ball well this year. And, um, you know, I feel prepared. I'm ready to go. I, I know this lineup pretty well. Um, so I like my chances. I've heard a couple people say so far this year, Joe, that you've all got qualities of a number one starter and you can all step up and be that on a given day. How does leadership figure into that? Because I see you as one of the guys in the clubhouse, even though, what, you've been here a year and a half now. It, it hasn't been that long. But because of your experience, I see you as a guy who – whether it be by example or by imparting your experiences on other guys has taken a leadership role in that clubhouse. Have you gone out of your way to do that? I don't think so, man. I mean, I've tried to take on a bit more of a leadership type role, but um, with the understanding that I'm still, you know, only in my third season. Um, so by no means am I trying to come in like the veteran that's got it all figured out, but uh, I feel like I lead a little bit more by example than anything. Um, you know, I've been told by the guys that it's, you know, my, my personality and my attitude and the way I approach things is contagious. And um, I think that's a good quality to have, you know, and as long as I'm pushing the right things on guys, um, you know, it's tending to, it tends to wear off on them. And, uh, you know, that's kind of how I try to have my effect. But we all, we all feel that way, you know, as starters, you know, we feel like we have an opportunity to be leaders. You know, we have complete control of the game. Um, and when we go out there, you know, regardless if you're that one guy or the five guy, when you're out there, you're the ace for that day. Um, and you have a chance to set the tone. So, Joe, I know we talked about this in spring training, the bond that you guys had as a staff, and especially the five of you guys. 
um, in that you all knew going into this season this was your role. These This was the first time you've been together in Bradenton as the five starters, and you guys were going to kind of be really tight. Um, is it, it is a, a you guys do this on purpose. You watch each other's bullpen. You get out to each other before um, the guys are going to as they're warming up before they're going to make their start. How different is it that you're on a team now, or maybe I don't know if you've had this before, where guys see each other, those five guys, as a team within a team? Yeah, I've never had a chemistry quite like we do here. Um, you know, I was around some pretty talented pitchers and some pretty big names when I was with Houston. And having McCann as a catcher, I sure did learn a lot about myself. But, um, you know, I feel like the camaraderie and, the, you know, the bond that I have amongst this group of starters is like nothing I've ever experienced. Um, not only not only like the level of fun that we have playing the game and learning from each other, but um, the knowledge that's shared. You know, I mean, we're constantly talking. And after starts, we're sharing information on what we saw from the hitters, what they thought we could have done differently. We're talking between innings on – um, sequencing and on approaching and, you know, what we're kind of seeing. And we're going in with, with mindsets of each each series of the first guy kind of setting the tone of what we want to establish early in the in the series. And that allows the other starters to pitch successfully, you know, based on their game. So, What are you noticing? What are some of the trends you're seeing this year for the teams like Milwaukee, L.A., Arizona that are hitting the ball well? And how do you work around that? Yeah, you know, they're, they're, not, they're not waiting to get in tough counts. Um, you know, they're coming out aggressive, they're ready to swing, and they're not missing the fastballs. Um, you know, so with a lineup like this, my approach the other day was, you know, they're this, especially this lineup, Arizona, they're the number one offense on uh, slugging on first pitch of the at-bat. And, you know, they're doing a lot of damage early in the count. So, you know, what that tells us is they're trying to get a fastball to hit early and they're not trying to get to two strikes and put themselves in a situation where they might have to be more defensive and stuff. So, for us, you know, our strength is throwing strikes and commanding the zone. So if we can execute quality first pitch strikes, we can get guys out in one, two pitches, allowing us to get deeper in the games. And a lot of it's just reading the game, you know, reading the hitters. When you when you have a quick inning and you start rolling, you know, you got to notice when their hitters are going to be more patient. You can take your strikes early in the zone. Uh, you get runners on base, you know, they're going to be a bit more aggressive trying to get the, trying to get the heaters early and, and not get in a hole. Um, so maybe you have to expand a little more. And those are all things that, that we're talking about on the bench and that we're, that we're going over in our scouting reports. And um, the preparation from this team is just it's on another level. All right, I got two off-the-wall questions. What if one and then another off-the-wall question to end it, Joe. Joe Musgrove, Pirates pitcher, joining us. And that was Pirates starter Joe Musgrove. He sounds like a confident guy. He's exactly who you want to be giving the ball to in this situation. I feel confident that the moments don't get too big for a guy like him. He carries himself in a way you see it in the clubhouse. He talked by leading by example. He carries himself in a way that makes you feel like when the moment is big, he's going to step up to it. I really like the idea of him getting the ball tonight, putting an end to the losing streak for this team, and maybe re-energizing or hopefully re-energizing this rotation to get things back on track. So we'll see if Musgrove can do that. We always look at some of the over-unders, the numbers inside the game. Jack Sorensic loves these now. He's not here with me tonight, but I'm doing them anyways. We have the strikeouts, over-unders we usually go to here. We have Kershaw at 5.5. Talked about Kershaw in his first two starts. He faced Cincinnati, Milwaukee. Six strikeouts in seven innings against Cincinnati. Seven strikeouts in six innings against Milwaukee. I'm going over the five and a half tonight. I think there's some free swingers in this Pirates lineup still that he's going to be able to strike out. A Pablo Reyes being in the lineup as we looked at that earlier. 
that's not going to help things out. The bottom of the lineup, inexperienced. Brian Reynolds, Pablo Reyes, Cole Tucker, your six, seven, eighths. Brian Reynolds has been solid. He is not really a strikeout, a huge strikeout candidate. Pablo, to me, is Cole Tucker, a bit of a free swinger. You see the power from him still. And then Jung Ho Gung at the top of the lineup has swung out his fair share. So those, I, I, I like the over on Kershaw there. Musgrove, five strikeouts for him as the over-under night. I'm actually going under, but I'm expecting a good start from him. I talked about J.P. Hornstra, the Dodgers beat writer we had on yesterday. We heard from him earlier. One thing he told me going into Archer's start is that if Archer's inefficient, this lineup loves guys like that. They love putting the ball in play. They love contact. They love making them work. I think Musgrove takes advantage of that, has an efficient, nice night, but it doesn't rack up the strikeouts, but it doesn't matter. You'll take it any way you can get it from any Pirates starter. I think that's what we see from Musgrove tonight. We wrap it up as we always do. My favorite segment Tonight's Picks to Perform brought to you by Oxford Athletic Club of Wexford, Pittsburgh's premier athletic resort. You look at these numbers, not a lot of the Dodgers batters know Joe Musgrove, so that's a good thing for him. Then you go to Kershaw and see what he's done career against the Pirates. Melky Cabrera, 14 at-bats, a 143 batting average. Corey Dickerson had a decent amount of bats. He's not here. Marte, a decent number of bats. He's not here right now. Polanco, a decent number of bats. He's not playing tonight either. So you're left going outside of the numbers and with your gut. I'm going to go with the safe pick. No, you know, I'm going Brian Reynolds. I'm going to go with Brian Reynolds as my pick to perform tonight. We turn it over to the Pirates booth after this, and that's it for our NASCAR Roofing Preview Show. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.